Hello, welcome to the Girl and Duck podcast. I'm Jen Storer, acclaimed children's book author and chief inspirationalist, that's not a term I made up, at girlandduck.com, creative writing, creative life. At Girl and Duck, I take you on a journey from exploring the art of kidlit creation right through to mastering the art of kidlit creation. To find out more about the courses and products that I offer, pop over to the website. You're bound to find inspiration and support and something to absolutely love over there. That's www.girlandduck.com. But in the meantime, stick around because we've got lots to talk about. I'm winging it here today as I always do. But uh, I know there's something bubbling in my brain that I want to share with you that I think, I don't know, might be helpful, might be something that you can think over anyway. Um, if you're anything like me, you know, once you like a podcast, you just like a podcast because it's like talking to a friend, <laughs> the, the best kind of friends, because for me, I like friends that do the talking. <laughs> I think that's why I'm a good coach. I really like listening, but I don't like actually talking that much. Um Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so um, I recently read T.J. Clune's book called The House in the Cerulean Sea and I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Now, we had this little sort of a, a discussion with a few other um, writers the other day or we were talking about it in the Duck Pond as well. Uh, lots of Lots of people that I know have actually read it and loved it as well. But I had never heard of it. And I bought it in a bookshop in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago when I was uh, in Melbourne visiting. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I bought it was because of the cover. And not only because of the cover, but because it looks like a middle grade novel. And yet it was in, I think it was in like, it was in general fiction. I don't think it was in fantasy because I just bought Tony Jordan's book too, the... Um, uh, she'd be prettier if she smiled more. <laughs> Just absolutely adored that book. But I don't want to talk about that book in this session. I want to talk more about the T.J. Clune one. So, so anyway, I think it was sort of fi filed in general fiction, and then, but it really popped because it had this cover that just spoke middle grade to me. You know, it was an illustrated, fully illustrated cover um, of this sort of crooked house on a cliff. You know, that sort of real middle gradey fantasy feel. And so I immediately grabbed it and just sort of skimmed over it. I never read blurbs because I find a lot of blurbs give too much away and that really shits me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be told everything what the story is about. And often a blurb will put me off a book because the blurb will be so badly written that, you, you know, you kind of think, well, that sounds like a crappy story. Um, so it can really not – sometimes blurbs don't do stories justice. And, you know, a lot of times a blurb will pull out the main things and the main points about a story are usually pretty pedestrian. Like most stories are built around a fairly pedestrian sort of plot. Um, is how you tell the story and it's the characters, you know, and the language that makes the story so, so enchanting. It's not the plot and it's not the blurb. So anyway, so my thing is always the cover, the name of the book, might be just a little tiny like, you know, on the front of Clune's book it said something about um, sometimes it's 
worth following your dreams or something which is you know a thing that I just a theme that I always love to read about I love reading about people taking risks you know um no not climbing Mount Everest but taking risks in terms of following their heart following their dreams um real life or fantasy I just really dig that theme and um so that's another thing that will speak to me on a book but also quotes on the cover and who said what about the book uh, I, I'll, I'll always sort of skim that. So I think there might have been a couple of um, good quotes on the on the Clune cover. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe on the back there was. Anyway, whatever. I really like the look of this book. I knew it was fantasy and that was about all. And I liked the cover. And so I bought it and then got home and read it and absolutely adored it. It felt like a middle grade novel to me. And the reason why it's not a middle grade novel, the main reason why it's not a middle grade novel is because it is also a romance um, between two adults, okay? So but the romance theme is very, very gentle and the main character is a 40-year-old man, <laughs> all right? So it's not, it's not geared towards children but, of course, it's all set around this sort of um, – fantasy world and this orphanage that's got six uh, children in it who are magical and um, dangerously so <laughs> in some cases because one little boy is actually the Antichrist. It's so funny and so tender and such a beautiful reflection on the way that we treat difference and diversity in our world. Um, so it's very profound um, and astute in its observations and the language is beautiful and the setting is very cosy and you just want to keep returning to it and you just keep wanting to be in that world, you know, which is just what we aim for when we write middle grade, when we write novels for kids. We want to, in, we want to invent worlds that are very enticing and really um, they're the sorts of worlds that kids want to keep going back to even if you're only writing a standalone you still want it to it to be a, a story world that the kid wants to keep come re-entering every day um, and have that sense of being enveloped in your world and so Clune really really um, achieves that in in this book now and that coziness. And the, the other thing that I really like about it too is that it's not big. Like it doesn't go big. Like when I first started reading it, I thought, I was thinking, oh, okay, where's this going to go? Like, you know, like where they've going to go to this orphanage, there's going to be these six children in the magical children. You know, it did not go Harry Potter at all. There was no World War Three. There was no explosions, hardly. <laughs> you know, there was nothing like that. It was very, very, um, I, I can't say quiet, but it was just introspective and gentle and cosy and reassuring and thoughtful and thought-provoking. And so there, and there, were no, uh, there wasn't anything grand that happened except that it was grand in terms of human emotions and human capability for change um, and acceptance and inclusivity. So the themes were grand, but the actual action wasn't grand. And I loved that. And I, and I was reminded that when we're writing middle grade novels, they don't always have to be. You don't always have to have 
explosions and helicopters and spies on jet skis. <laughs> Not that you probably do, but you know, that's, I'm just sort of saying it doesn't, it, it made me think that it's okay to go slow. However, of course, this was an adult novel. So it's, so it's not always it's not always okay to go too slow when you're writing for kids. Oh my goodness, there is such there is such a fine line here, isn't there? But it's really affected me in the way that I'm writing the current book that I'm writing that I've been writing for so long and rewriting because it's made me slow down. You know, I think about well what would TJ Clune do here and I think he would slow down, and he would explore the emotions and he would explore the conversation. He would let it play out. He wouldn't be pushing to get on to the next thing. Now, I think for me as a writer, um, having written, you know, a lot of series, um, there's always been a push, okay? There's always been a push feeling. I always feel like I'm being pushed when I'm writing because I've got to get this thing done and I've got deadlines. And anybody out there who's listening who's written series with a contract will know that feeling that, you know, that you can't really... You're not allowed to kind of spend too much time um, going too deep. <laughs> you can go deep, but you can't sort of linger there because you feel like you've got to get get on with it. You've got to get it done because then you've got to write another one, you know, and you go to the launch and the kids are there and they're going, they're signing up, you know, they're getting their book signed and they're saying, when's the next one coming out? So there's sort of like this pressure. And I found found I've have to I've had to uneducate myself from that now that I've finished with Danny Best and I've finished with Charlie Tan, um, that I can sort of now really slow down instead of pushing. And so reading this book has really inspired me to go back in the novel that I'm working on and really flesh out parts. And so that's what I've been doing in in terms of my rewrite, um, knowing that. Once it goes into the editing process, some of that will get chopped, but that's okay because I'm reaching certain depths in the book that will still inform the book going forward, even if bits and pieces, lots of bits and pieces were to be cut out. I hope I'm making sense. Um, as I said, this is just me talking to you because I felt like talking to you. So so that's what I'm exploring. And the other thing that I, that I wanted to share with you is that when I started the current book that I'm working on, I didn't have, which now this is often happens with me, I didn't have a really clear sense of the story when I started writing. Like I kind of knew the sort of thing that I wanted to write and I kind of knew, you know, what was going on, but, but I didn't have a really clear grasp of how I was going to kick off the story. And so what I did was I wrote the opening scenes as a screenplay right? Just for myself, right? I just used a screen, a rough screenplay format, you know, exterior, nighttime, uh, you know, overhead view, coming down the you know, driveway of a um, dilapidated boarding school at night, you know, and there's the ponies, there's the, the hockey oval and all this sort of stuff. And then I sort of took the camera inside the boarding school and then saw the mayhem that was going on um because this kid had caused this thing right so no, I don't want to talk too much about the detail of the story but so I had this sort of bird's eye view of the background and 
but I wasn't I still wasn't in a, in a position where I felt in charge of that background but I could see it from up above and and then in doing that I was able to find a bouncing off point where I could actually start the novel and so I started the novel after all that stuff had happened <laughs> right and then I because I was sort of secure in the in what had happened in the background but now you know 40,000 words in or 30 whatever I am into it I'm like oh I really understand that scene now I really understand that scene from the start and now I'm going back and I'm writing it and so I'm actually writing in part of, as part of my rewrite I am now writing that superficial um, scene that happened in the beginning I've gone back and I've written it um, as part of the book it's the opening scene it's it's not just backstory it's now in the story <laughs> isn't it weird though that I, I suppose one of the things I want to say here is that there is no right or wrong way to write a story and every book that you come to will present different problems and as I'm always saying a writer is a problem solver that is our and that is so much our job it is to solve problems because there's problems that need to be um, dealt with all the way along. And when we can look at them as problems to be solved, then perhaps, you know, we don't get into so much of a, a state because it helps us to think of them as problems to be solved. And we are problem solvers, so let's solve it rather than, oh, my God, this is a big stuff up and I can't fix it. I'm not a good writer and, and let me shelve this. I can't do it. All right. If we just sort of pull back all that drama and go, well, this is my job, you know, I create worlds. And when, in, in doing that, I'm going to create some problems for myself that have to be solved. Simple. It's a grade three problem and I'm a grade five problem solver something like that just to help just to help um, help us keep going and also to to understand that every book is different and the way that you tackle it is different and the other thing that I really want to say too is to listen to that little voice there's a little voice and I may have even talked about this in another podcast but there is a little voice that will accompany you while you're writing and it is often to our detriment that we ignore that little voice, you know, the little voice that says, oh, I don't think that's very good or I think you should have slowed down there or I think you kind of could have gone deeper or are you really happy with the name of that character? It could be something as small as that. And, this, and, then, and then this other voice, the sort of the ego or the, 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 the hurrying, you know, creative or the one who's, you know, trying to get a contract or whatever goes, oh, no, it'll be, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. I, I'll just keep moving. <laughs> but often that's the time when we hear the little voice that's the time that we need to take note, slow down and allow the little voice to lead us because the little voice is our intuition and our intuition absolutely understands the story way better than our ego. But it can be a really hard place to get to, to allow that little voice its um, reign, full reign. Um, and again, the little voice was saying to me, there's something not right with the opening of this book you know, it's it's too slow or it's too removed or it's blah, 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 blah. Little voice was telling me this. 
Jen was ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. I had someone read the book and they said, I really want to know what happened <laughs> at the start. All right. And I'm like, oh, I should have listened to the little voice. I went back and I'm so much happier with the story now. I'm so much happier because I've added this new chapter to the start and it's so much more compelling and it's so much more in the moment um, and I don't know, it's, it's, just, it's just more exciting I guess, it's more interesting, bottom line. So that's my rambles for today, take what you can from it, leave the rest <laughs> and I will see you again soon, I hope you will, bye for now. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want more ducky goodness, pop over to the website www.girlandduck.com or you can find me on Instagram at Jen E. Storer. J-E-N-E-S-T-O-R-E-R. Bye for now.